0: Say things that are interesting, and I will talk more into the microphone. I
1: think we had a very interesting, blah
0: blah blah, very blah, interesting blah, conversation blah, blah. last
1: week. As a matter of fact, no,
0: you weren't. Uh, you I were, You were just talking. We that's had... not what a conversation is. You told me. Out of how many minutes did you talk? Uh,
1: Eighteen out of twenty at one stretch. Yeah, I that's believe. not
0: what conversations are.
1: <laughs> that's the right ratio. Eighteen to two. That's, that's where Bob likes it. <laughs> Cast Iron Brains, a podcast with one goal every time out, and that's to get Lori to tell us what time it is, three or four times before the end of the podcast. My name is Bob, sitting across the way from my good friend and co-host, that's Abe. How you doing tonight, Abe?
2: Doing well, Bob.
1: Yeah, here we are. Lori's here to tell you, don't I, Lor?
0: It's
1: 906. It's 906. Tonight is Monday, June 12th, 2023. A summer-ish feeling day here in the lovely city of Charlottesville. First sort of humid gross day of our season, I would say.
0: We got very lucky.
1: But a nice night for baseball nonetheless. That's why we're a little bit late tonight. Had the baseball
0: the people listening don't know. They don't experience. What time. The I mean, delays. they know now because I told yeah, them what now time can, it is. You're,
1: it's early, early night tonight because Lori's going to be telling us at the ten fifteen mark, and then the ten forty five is just going to be pure fury by then.
0: I mean, pulling back the curtain a little bit. We're supposed to start this shit at eight thirty. We never start at eight thirty. We consistently don't start until eight fifty. Because Bob has to, like, jerk off for a while first? I don't know.
1: I don't think He's Abe would permit that. I don't think Abe would put up with me just 20 minutes of masturbation before...
0: Clearly. <laughs> 18 out of 20 minutes, you said?
1: Abe, I'm wearing $70 shorts right now. I spent... No kidding. seven. I, I spent $140 on two pair of... of casual menswear shorts i mean that's not even the right casual menswear is like a nice suit pant i guess but looking for shorts and Lori's just like ah that's what they cost she's happy she's she was like she's smugly happy about the fact that i have to spend 70 of her dollars not the fact that you have a pair to. of shorts
0: not the fact that you have to i'm glad you finally realized that things are just worth what they cost
1: i don't know I mean, I'm. I'm. I'll break them in and I'll see how it goes. But seventy dollars for a pair of shorts is more money than I've ever spent.
0: What do you want to spend on a pair of shorts? I don't
1: know. Thirty bucks at the most seems uh, about right to me. Sweatshop prices. Yeah,
0: that's what he wants. He I wants sweatshop prices? So
1: did Under Armour? Like, have the people who made these shorts been appropriately compensated? Is that what I'm paying oh, for? Probably I, not. No. I doubt it. <laughs> That's true.
2: Are these uh, normal-sized uh, shorts? Because uh, I think I mentioned before. So I before ordered or...
1: the longest pair of shorts I could find on their goddamn website, and I still want another inch and a half coverage. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's it's still above the knee. And, like, I, I know it's, a, you know, the sign of the times and all of that, but give me another inch or two, you bums. Yeah. Like, it, it's fine when I'm just walking around, but if I get to sit down and be social with people, yeah. they immediately come, like, you know, five, six inches up off the knee. Right. It's like ah, it's a lot of leg. Don't know about yeah. that.
2: <laughs> Where are the uh, all these conspiracy people? They need to be on this beat. The short shorts—they keep on getting shorter.
0: Yeah, it's a thing. I think Under Armour is one of these companies that like at least tries to act like they're not using sweatshops.
1: Yeah. Well, that's good.
0: Like that's what you're paying for, and the. Cut and the material, and yeah, the sure. It's a nice won't... pair
1: of shorts. I don't look like a total slob in them. It's uh, it's better than a pair of gym shorts, so that's and good.
0: And that you... costs $70, right. that's and just you... what it costs. And you you will use fully these uh, shorts, Bob. You're not, oh, to he'll wear out. them oh. into the ground. Oh man, i right. yeah.
1: these are going to be like uh, like four cents, like in the next three years, it will be four <laughs> cents per outing, right. is what is the sort of. Mileage I'm going to get out of these shorts, absolutely.
2: You would make uh, Clark Howard proud with uh, your usage, but other people, you know, with the fast fashion, they just buy like junk and they use it for like, you know, the summer, throw it away, and they buy something else. The next oh, summer, no, no, like, the it, pair
1: of shorts that I'm basically replacing are a pair of Costco shorts, or I bought them at Costco. They're like Tommy Hilfiger shorts or something. And they were probably fifteen or twenty dollars, and I've been wearing them for four or five years. And right. like, through, there's bleach stains on them. They're they're supposed to be red. He and...
0: looks homeless.
2: <laughs> he finally saw before.
0: a picture of himself. He like he there was a picture at the school of him and Calvin at like some day where the dad was allowed to come, yeah. and he was like, "Oh, that shirt's too small." It's like, yeah, you look like shit.
1: Thanks a lot, lady. You know what? The problem you with could that shirt look is
0: good. I try to help you and you don't listen to me. That
1: shirt used to fit me, but now I'm fucking ripped. And no, so no, no, the, no, no, shirt, the, and the shirt The shirt used to
0: fit you. You got bigger in the shoulders. You got smaller in the waist, and the shirt because it was shit shrunk.
1: Yeah. I was like, "No, it was a good shirt. It's like a it crew shirt or been something." had then at
0: one time a good yeah, shirt, yeah. and then it shrunk because you don't care take care of it because you put them in the dryer.
1: Because I need to – oh, whatever. The, uh, if, okay. I got a great deal of mileage out of that shirt. It was a good shirt. It's got a big hole in the elbow now, and it's too small. probably wear it for another year or two just to, to gonna, really ring every last little bit.
0: I'm going to make everything into a quilt. <laughs> uh,
2: re- regarding buying stuff, I, I did uh, want to throw this out there. Uh, when you're out there shopping, like at a grocery store – has anyone ever like interjected and like given their opinion on on some product? Like, hey, get this and not that.
1: Do you know where I've seen that sort of exchange happen? Is uh, like at Costco or Best Buy. I think this has only happened to me at Costco. But when I bought my TV at Costco, and it was the TV that we put in the living room, so it was the big. It was when
0: we bought this house, right? When we, we bought this house, TV.
1: like literally the day that we were moving in, I had. Purchased the, the big 55 incher for the living room.
0: Because we had the U haul.
1: Right. Because I had the U haul anyway. Big TV box was more difficult to put in the stupid Honda. So, whatever. Right.
0: Uh, we didn't have the Honda. Didn't yet.
1: have the Honda then. That's beside the point. Wasn't going to fit in the Volkswagen CC's trunk either. Get the TV as I'm trucking it through the Costco. I've probably mentioned it seems like the sort of thing I I've mentioned before. But, like, getting the like, the serious nice nod from the other dudes in the Costco. Like the the other 45-year-old middle-aged dads were like, oh, yeah, oh that 55, nice. Yeah, Dinners. you're going to like that. Like that, that sort of As thing. As
0: though it's not for me. Right. right, but it
1: was just me in the – I know. I was by myself. I uh, wouldn't
0: have gotten have the looks is that. what I'm saying.
1: I have seen that exchange happen – multiple other times i just haven't been a party to it because it hasn't been me buying the television but like if you follow the guy around costco who's got the big tv loaded into his cart or the big other pushy thing you're gonna see some other middle-aged white guy dad being like yeah yeah (laughs) dapping him up because (laughs) of the big tv i've not seen it like where you're in the grocery store and you pick out the certain jarred salsa and somebody's like ah now you're not don't – no. Trust me on this. Not going to want that. Go with the El Paso instead.
2: So that, that's something similar happened to me. I was on the market for some mayonnaise, right, you know, as I <laughs> on an occasion, and I'm looking at the shelf where the mayo is located, and I'm not saying this out loud. I'm just shopping by myself. I'm, I got my uh, earbuds on. And I guess I was lingering for too long at the mayo area. In my head, I'm thinking there's way too many mayo choices. Yeah, Hellman's like, what? light.
0: So is are what you, you?
1: So are. let's set the stage here, because you are a person of habit, right? Of great yes. uh, consistency in in the things that you do and and buy. So are you buying mayonnaise for the first time, or has it no. just been so long? Yes. Because mayonnaise tends to last so long yes. in the refrigerator.
2: Right. right. The frequency of mayo purchases is is. Pretty long, uh, and, and uh, or rather infrequent. So I'm looking and I forgot, like, I, I guess I'm brand neutral. I don't have like a thing, a go to thing. So I'm like, what do I usually get? Is what I'm thinking. And I'm like, there's right. too many choices. This older lady, she stops and she looks at me and she's like, you wanna get Duke's Mayo. She's right? wrong. <laughs> the best. <laughs>
1: People are so adamant. People are passionate about Dukes. I've heard that before. Racist
0: people are passionate about Dukes. You're right.
1: Why racist people?
2: (laughs) I don't know if she was racist, but
0: I don't know what makes them racist. I just know they like Dukes mayonnaise.
1: Racist people like—is this a known thing, or you just uh, trying to disparage Dukes customers because of your preference for Hellman's Light?
0: Hellman's Light is so much better.
1: Okay, so it's just a a made-up thing then.
0: I mean,
2: we'll see.
1: What did you go with? Did you follow she her advice? Uh,
2: she, she didn't say anything racist, but she was like a much, much older, like white lady. She was like, "Oh yeah, you want to get this? See? Like this? Like she was very insisted." Like, oh, did she like, follow
1: right. you over to the soda aisle and try to direct you to the Sprite when you reached for a diet Coke?
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was a ice Did she did you direct
1: you to the watermelons in the uh, in the <laughs> produce section as well? <laughs> Oh, uh, you don't want the fried chicken from Kroger, sweetie. You're going to want to go to Publix for that.
2: <laughs> I told you. Anyways, the, I, I, I did buy it. I was like, I don't know if she's on the take or she's some, some sort of weird marketing campaign or what. But like, all right, fine. I'll get this thing. I don't really care. And it's the same. All these mayo things. T- I mean, to my gutter palate, I can right. like tell you the difference. There's this mayo. So.
1: I also have had a problem with mayonnaise before, which is that it, it because it's such an infrequent purchase, and I know that Lori has... A committed preference, which now I think I'm pretty sure I've got it. Hellman's light, that's what she wants. But in the past it's been a problem for me where I wasn't quite sure exactly which one she was after. The trick
0: is it is so rare. It might only be Hellman's Light that I prefer the light or low or whatever version of a thing. So it seems wrong. It's like, no, no, that can't be right. But like it is, it's the best mayonnaise
2: wow i'll give that a try next oh it's so good
0: yeah
1: give that a try in three and a half years the next time you work (laughs) through a giant tub of mayo
2: if that lady pops up three and a half years from now i'll be very concerned
1: (laughs) you get anything fun this weekend abe besides the shopping at kroger
2: nothing fun but you know uh at the top we're talking about like how it's getting warmer out there Uh, it's june in the middle of june um in in a few weeks uh here in Atlanta, there's the Peachtree Road Race that they do in, at the beginning yeah, of the extensively Corpus
1: training line. for right.
2: So yeah, uh, yeah, that's uh, been uh, uneven my training, but <laughs> I will I will see through to this. But in the last couple of years, there's been this pattern of uh, a lot of enthusiasm in March. There's like a, a like five six friends in my orbit. Oh yeah, uh, they yes. sign up for the thing. Well, all got like you know four month lead up, plenty of time to carve a few weeks of training and be ready to run. So is, the not... buy-in, is the
1: buy in is the buy in sufficiently high where it's uh No,
2: that's a thing. So it's like yeah. I mean, I guess it depends, but like it's like $40 or something. It's not enough to like like after you spend the $40 and it's a month or two has gone by, you forget about it. Right. And there is some resale value with the bibs and and so usually around now, the last couple of years, there's on the group chats anybody looking for a bib? <laughs> So we're, we're down one person now, and I think one of my other friends, she's been kind of like, oh, I don't know. I haven't trained since April, and usually that's like the message I get, and then a week later it's like, all right, I'm 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 Is there a
1: profit? To, is, can you profit off of buying these bibs and reselling them?
2: Not profit, but you can make your money. Back. I mean, basically you can just – Yeah.
1: Well, that's good. I you sent me a text the other night. I don't think I ever responded to it. It was a picture of your your brothers, one of your good brothers. I guess you have so many of oh, them free. that like you know it's, you can categorize them. And I, of <laughs> course, I'd never, except for Jesse and Andrew, which is a to be fair and a significant. And Chris, yeah, I would in fact chop my brothers and sisters up into different. Never mind. Uh,
0: <laughs> wait! 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 <laughs> Andrew, as a listener, is obviously a good brother.
1: Yeah, I okay. guess. Yeah, because he listens.
0: And no, none of the yet. other ones do. So and they're all shit. No,
1: Catherine listens too. Catherine even says. Catherine
0: said... is not a brother.
1: That's true. Siblings, though, is what we're talking
0: okay, about. Okay. Well, Catherine and Andrew are the good ones.
1: Yeah. Anyway, you said that uh, one of your good siblings is uh, vacationing. So he's in like uh, Cabo or where, where do you go?
2: Yeah, some one one of those one of these really
1: nice resort Mexican resort type cities. Do your parents? Your parents trucked this enormous family of yours across multiple continents over the course of a long period of time. Are are now uh, living the good life in Smyrna or (laughs) wherever it is that they have put themselves up in their dotage. Are they shocked to any extent at the the sort of lives that you like? You obviously you're living this. Sort of bachelorhood. I'm sure they're very ashamed and mad. Very at you modest all the time. life. How dare you! <laughs> but you're jetting off to Canada. You're going oh, to Aruba. Right. Your brothers right. in 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 Mexico on on the beach. Like, I'm just curious about: Are they sort of flummoxed by the lives that their children are are are, are living at this point, or is this sort of what they expected? Now, it's not like you're, you, you don't, don't have a ton – you don't have a crazy amount of money. You're just like normal right. – for the most part, I imagine all of your siblings are working to middle-class people, right? right. Like they're all doing right. fine.
2: Everybody's good, doing fine, yeah. And everybody's ones, healthy, anyway. everybody's doing well, yeah. What's interesting is that it's kind of like one half yes, like they're happy that everybody's kind of stable and doing well. But for some reason, especially my mother, she's like, oh, we should all have been just in Somalia. Like at least, you know, like the – the religion thing would have been like more. Like, are you out of your mind? Like, you would rather us go to like drought stricken Somalia for this religious angle, and so not
1: she like is, just... she is nostalgic or, or or somehow wishing that circumstances had been different and that instead of going from Saudi Arabia to Greece right. to Canada to Indianapolis US, yeah. for some reason and then uh, eventually <laughs> down here. Uh, that the the preference, she believes it would have been a better life, like a more fulfilling in terms of human flourishing or something life, right. if you had all just uh, decamped for Somalia and, and led your lives there.
2: Right. And only because of like the thinking would be that we would be more religious. Like if you're in right. a secular country, you have the freedom to say, oh, this this doesn't track. And I'm it's true. probably just – won't do that. Yeah, I guess that is true. She makes a good point there. But you probably it, it,
0: would be more religious if you lived in Somalia,
2: right? But also poor. I mean,
0: the much more significant
1: would be, chance that at least one or two of them would be dead too, right? right? Yeah, like but the, they'd
2: be more religious.
0: <laughs> what is
1: the what is the lifespan? Ex, what is the life expectancy of the average male in Somalia?
2: Right. And do religious. they even do they even carry survivor over there? Like I don't know, like what the setup is there, and I can't watch shows like this. <laughs> right. Not yeah. I mean, the trade-off is ridiculous. I mean, I, I think she admits that it's not a very valid argument. So she but,
1: sort of laments the materialistic garbage right. that the, – the lives that you guys all live at the same time that she – she's probably happy, though, ultimately, right? right? Yeah. Like,
2: Right. But it's just kind of like, oh, at what cost are all of these good things happening? And it's like, is the trade-off worth it? I mean, the answer is yes, but it's like
1: – yeah, she'll she, find she out when something. she dies and she doesn't go to heaven because right. there's no such place. No, that in no, fact she won't the, know. The trade-off she'll be was dead. worth it. But
2: well, you know, the thing <laughs> is either there will be a heaven or you won't be experiencing well, won't the know. lack of it. Yeah. All right.
1: right. So. It's uh this is never it's literally never even occurred to me to until this very moment that like cuz my mother knows you she knows that you're like one of my closest friends for the last 20 years you guys have met she what? thinks you're hilarious and awesome uh, I don't I don't know why uh, <laughs> Lori's mother also thinks that you are like my just mom's a big fan. one of the smartest people in the world like she thinks "Abe is just always so right"
2: uh, <laughs> even in my 2 minutes that I get
0: <laughs> <That's right>.
1: Yes
0: <laughs> It's all you need really Blah, 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 blah. Abe's like, here's why you're wrong. And that's all you need. All right.
1: And I, of course, I always, my explanation for why people think that you're awesome, uh, this is, maybe you won't find this charitable, I don't know. Right. But you find sort of interesting and novel ways of saying, precisely the status quo (laughs) you 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 have a very clever approach to getting to uh, everything is fine or everything will be fine right Uh, people love that like people really (laughs) like that
2: are
0: we gonna do philosophy tonight it's very hard
1: um, no, I don't think we're going to get to Bob, the philosophy Bob, what tonight. good
0: are you? I, I want to get Literally, to the... Literally, what are you for?
1: I, take, I read your Hume, and I'm taking notes on your Hume. I believe they will be insightful and helpful to you moving forward. We will read it and perhaps discuss later. Well,
0: but Abe is better.
1: <laughs> anyway. As I,
0: previously discussed. What I'm,
1: what I'm bringing up is I've never previously imagined that, or even considered the possibility that I would have some... Place in your mother's consciousness, like does she know that I exist? Does she know that we? I mean, like it's, clearly, you wouldn't want her to listen to this podcast right. because it's not something that she would want to hear. Secular, yeah. it's, it's uh,
2: secular. You know th- that that is interesting. She she's not aware of the, either of the podcast that I'm on. Uh, she is certainly not the Biffler. <laughs> no, yeah. definitely yeah. not. Actually, as a matter of fact, most of my siblings are aware of this podcast. They're not aware of the other, uh, yeah. and. I think she – yeah, because she's aware of both of y'all in a general sense, like all those people from Georgia that are now in Virginia. Right. We're going up
1: to – I'm going to Charlottesville, see Bob and Lori, that sort of thing. I think
2: the second or third time I went there, they're like, what – it's like – you got like some girlfriend in Virginia? What the fuck? Like who goes (laughs) to visit these people that often? It's like, no, no, they're actually (laughs) – I'm visiting them. It's on the up and up. No, no. It's It's never never a girlfriend, By the way, maybe I don't say things. I I do – uh, I have my kg explanation of things just for for fun, but like no one ever ever accepts my story as it. So when I say I'm going to Virginia, it's oh you're gonna kill somebody or do something. <laughs> well,
0: well, Abe, you tend to set fires everywhere you go. <laughs> see is the one fire thing. thing? <laughs> also, you do this thing. Like you could have a wife that we don't know about. <laughs> like you could
2: have a whole
0: life. <laughs> And you're just like, oh, yeah, I'm going out to hang out with friends. And you tell yeah. the other friends, like, oh, I'm just going to go do That's this other true. thing. Yeah.
1: You <laughs> could have a whole stuff.
0: life as an true. arsonist, for example.
1: No, he could not. I,
2: <laughs> I don't have the, the memory to, to accomplish a lot of these things.
1: Yeah, he's sort of like, I don't know. I, the re, If I had to testify as a character witness on Abe's behalf, I would just like... I just I don't believe it. I don't think that he has guile in that way. Like he's not he's not able to compartmentalize and segment everything off in the fashion that a true sociopath would right. would have to. Right.
0: That wouldn't be sociopath necessarily.
1: Oh, I think it's 100% sociopathic behavior to live one life on the on the one hand and then
0: it's just being private.
1: Uh, I don't think it's po- I'm not even sure that sort of thing is possible anymore, but All right, let's talk about some nonsense, Uh, as if the first uh, 20 minutes or so there weren't nonsense. Donald Trump has been indicted once again, this time uh, by—his name is Jack Smith, correct? He's uh, the federal prosecutor. This is in a a court in Florida. I believe that was done intentionally to avoid the indictment happening in the swamp, as it would be framed by people inevitably— that's the sort of small little thing that I think people try to control for, right? They're, they're trying to limit the amount that they can be criticized in right. terms of this being strictly a political act. And I would like to explain to them, as I'm sure they know anyway, it doesn't matter. Right? It doesn't matter what you do to try to mitigate the appearance of this in terms of it being— uh, presented by uh, MAGA world, by by Trump and his uh, supporters as anything but a political act. I don't know who you think is out there to convince. It doesn't matter how completely uh, above board and apolitical you try to make this appear. Uh, Andy Biggs and various other utter nut jobs in Congress and Mark Levin and those who support Donald Trump— will and donald trump himself will say this is a purely a political hatchet job uh being committed by joe biden himself right. in an attempt to uh, make it easier for him to become the next president of the united states and that there's no justice to be had here doesn't matter I, what you do
2: i do wonder if even though that is true if it's if there's any value in still striving for like we're gonna put this in the most favorable environment for trump and because the 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 argument that we're going to present is going to be such that it doesn't matter. I mean, I don't know if they have since changed the judge, but the initial judge assigned to this case is a Trump appointee, right? This is the same person who had a weird ruling um, earlier. Uh, so like, let's say if, if she did preside over the case um, and she, he was found guilty, even then, like even when a Trump-appointed judge is the one that's overseeing it, that Those arguments that uh, Trump's water carriers are, are making are going to continue to make it, right? I mean, there's nothing that's going to change the calculation. It's like we don't want this to be a thing, so we're going to pretend it's all a hatchet jab. So it's like it doesn't really matter what you do, but I guess is, is it still worth it just for the record to show that we we kind of did all we could – we gave him all the deference that we could he, he exhausted all of those things and he still went above and beyond what i don't other know people
1: i mean yeah sure i guess it matters to some extent and you do your due diligence to try to make it look as above board as possible but then you go and you read the indictment and like the, the things in the indictment are hilariously criminal and like he's I mean, I don't want to go through piece by piece. I haven't read the whole fifty pages yet myself. I've read the excerpts from the, the various summaries of the thing, but like he's literally just trying to convince his lawyers to do crimes. Yes, right. Like floated ideas, so-
2: like what if we just told the FBI no, or we just say we don't have the documents, or we burn, like de- you know, destroy the evidence. Like there's a lot of like transcript uh, information where he's like thinking out loud, like. What if we did this? What if we withheld that? What if we hid? Right.
1: This? What if? What if we just? What if we? What if something just disappeared? And he apparently yeah. makes some sort of motion with his hands that suggests that it, like, it gets snatched away or something like that. We just pluck it out of out of the pile there. And uh, by the way, one of the main things is actually missing, right? So it's not the the Mark Milley had some sort of a pl- some sort of like war game or plan for war with Iran, I think. Right. And like Trump is holding it up and saying, uh, like look at this, look at this top secret war game plan that we had. It wasn't my idea, it was uh, it was Millie. This is Millie's war game plan. Don't get too close, stay over there. You know, because it's if you if you're if you're five feet away, then it's still safe. Yeah. And it's like he's just announcing that he did the crime. Like, I could have declassified this, but I didn't. Right and now I have it. Right. Like,
2: yeah, what it, are you doing? He literally. me. Uh, yeah, you're right. And and, and what, what's odd is that um he he you know th- that example of him showing like some you know probably some hypothetical military plan for invading like a hypothetical Iran or whatever, right? Like, "Oh, look at this," right? And initially when this uh story came about where he had all of these documents, I thought, "Oh, he he took a handful of these documents just so he can present them as props, because, like, the one thing that's on brand for Trump is that he's big on, look what I got. You know, like, he wants to always show things. Like, look at this. Look at this love letter from King John Un or look at, right. you know. So I thought, okay, if it's just that and he's, like, violating the whatever, maybe it's not that strong of a case. But then when they release the pictures and the sheer amount of boxes – that's what so everything else did not surprise me but I'm surprised by the sheer volume. He's
1: a hoarder. He's just a hoarder. The the stuff that's in the boxes is like covers of the New York Post that he liked and old copies of the uh, of various Washington papers and the New York right. Times. Like it's just it's just shit that he liked or that he wanted to keep so that he could literally when was it Mark Meadows's ghostwriter or something was visiting him in in New Jersey at the Bedminster the the New Jersey golf course that he owns, yeah. yeah, and he's showing off this highly classified piece of thing where he's like, I should have declassified this, but I didn't. and Now I have it, and nah, isn't that fucked up? <laughs> uh, like he's just doing it to show off, in the same way that he would show off a cover of the of the of the Time magazine that he was right. on or something right. like that.
2: And it, do you think that that I, I'm willing to believe that uh, because that's always been Trump? Do you think there's any other scenario, something more sinister? Do you think that it's just he's just showcasing these things to people that come and go at his Mar-a-Lago and at the golf club in, in no, New No, he
1: thinks that he's still the president. So he's behaving as though he's still the president. So this is all his stuff. The idea that it's like something that he's going to sell or something that he's going to give to an adversary or something. Like, no, of course not. This so is you, just...
2: Do, is, okay, do, is that something... Because I wanted to rule out the selling. Do you think like he... he the, the sharing with like people you know interested parties. Do you think that that is something you can rule out?
1: Yeah, I don't think that it, I don't think that that I think that interested parties might conceivably end up with access to it by like happenstance you know, or just them them gaming the fact that anybody can go to his golf right. course in New Jersey. Anybody can go to Mar-a-Lago and get an audience with him just by becoming a member there, right? right. Like,
2: right. So he's not so, seeking out. Uh, Trump is not seeking out these interested party no he's seeking
1: out the ability to wow somebody when they walk into a have an audience with him right like he wants to be like he loves the. uh, he didn't love the job but he loved the trappings of the presidency right Right. that's all he cared about he just wants to to be able to sort of Amaze people with his the things that he has around him, and that's what all of the boxes are about.
2: What was the insistence then of him withholding? Because this would not be really a story. This would have been one of you know, Pence, Biden, Trump, all you know. The story would have just been like they all mishandled these documents and they returned them, and everybody moves on, right? But the reason why this became a thing is because he would go out of his way. To try to evade the request to return the documents, and it's like
1: yeah, because he's profoundly stupid and did not realize that there might actually be consequences to continue to, to continue to insist to hold on to these things because he does not understand that. But
0: will there be consequences? There are
1: literally consequences. He's the first federally indicted president in the nation's history. But I mean, what will
0: that? What will the consequence of that be?
2: It, Just that's being president thing, the again. Keep... Yeah, his numbers keep going up, or at least they're stabilized at a very high. I mean, the the margins are thirty plus points over the next competitor, and all of this stuff is baked in, right? So it's not like like what bombshell could come in early twenty twenty four when like the Iowa caucus rolls around that's going to change anything? I mean, he, right? I mean, like maybe the
1: Georgia. No, nothing. Kid, the pol- the politics of this are are set in stone as far as his support is concerned. Yeah, but, I that's,
0: mean, but like that's how you be president again.
1: Sure, but if you are convicted of. Uh, Obstruction of 37 counts, 31 of which—I don't don't remember the exact breakdown, but it's it's the the obstruction of justice element of it that's getting him in trouble, right? Right. So what I do wonder about, because the politics are firmly established and no one is likely to be moved by this, and if Donald Trump is the Republican nominee, as he seems likely to be at this point, he will lose the presidency to, uh, in all likelihood— Propped up, old man Joe Biden. Um, like I don't think that he can win. He has a ceiling. That ceiling was reached in the twenty twenty election with whatever it was—some seven, nearly seventy million votes or something like that, I mean, right?
2: Seventy four, seventy five million. I mean, he'll get that
1: but and that's, more. What like, I'm
0: saying is, there is no consequence to this for him.
2: Right. Yeah, because yeah, the the twice impeached, twice indicted, twice loser in the popular—none of that stuff like registered. Like he's still the clear front-runner in his party, right? So, like, in one way, yes. Historically, yes, this is all damning. Like, it's going to look pretty bad that this guy – I mean, he's racking up a lot of stats. I mean, like, LeBron James had his uh, unreachable, like, you know, total points scored in his career thing. Like, I don't know if we'll we'll ever see, like, a president having this record of, like, impeachments, indictments in just one term. Like, just one term he was able to rack up all that. But – for him, it doesn't mean anything because, like, any attempt to, like, hold him accountable is proof positive to his base that the fix is in. Like and, – and I always wonder, like, these uh, Sunday morning shows and other uh, shows, weren't they – I mean, they, they – you know, the, the guest will evade the question. But if they p- ask them, like, what does a guilty Trump look like if not this? Like, I mean, like, what, what would he have to do? I mean, aren't you almost encouraging more bad behavior – If every time you carry his water, like every time, like there's not a time where you're like, no, this is not cool or whatever. It's just always like the only concession would be like anytime uh, like uh, Lindsey Graham shows up and does like a whataboutism, like, oh, Hillary Clinton, this or some other comparison that is basically saying, yeah, he, yeah, I can't defend what he's doing, but I'm going to try to, you know, do a little smoke and mirror. The problem
1: is that Trump's crimes in this, in this regard, they will always dismiss because The Democrats and the left—they've been conditioned over a long period of time to believe that the Democrats and the left are trying to destroy the country, right? So whatever Donald Trump's crimes are, they do not include, from their perspective— an attempt to destroy America from the inside right. out, right? They right. believe in the opposite of that right? that, right? It's the Democrats who have been working for generations to kill babies. I mean, Pat Robertson said he died this week, right? Uh, yeah. R.I.P. Pat, you abominable piece of shit, you. Um, as As Hitchens wrote about Jerry Falwell when Falwell died, if you gave Falwell an enema, you could have buried him in a matchbox.
2: <laughs> Not very kind.
1: Uh, Robertson uh, deserves similar treatment, despite not being a big, gross, big, obese, fat man. But you know, the sort of person who made things up about people in the streets of San Francisco shaking hands with upstanding citizens and uh, with a with a ring that cuts on their finger, so that they could give them AIDS, suggesting that you could get AIDS from towels, uh, blaming uh, just like Falwell did, blaming the gays for 9-11, among uh, other terrible things. Right. Just a a total piece of shit of a human being. No doubt a a true believer in all likelihood in the things that he said. Uh, That doesn't excuse him by any means. People believe, uh, because of things that Pat Robertson, among others, might say, that this is a, a political establishment, the mainstream media, uh, the American left wants to murder babies. Right? right, this is something that Pat Robertson said over and over again. They just they get off on murdering babies. They're Satanists, right? This is now mainstream right. in the Republican Party is to talk about how the left wants to groom children. Right, they 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 are trying to indoctrinate children uh, uh, sexually so that they can uh, abuse them for a long period of time uh that's the way that people who support donald trump imagine the left is acting so oh so he held on to some fucking documents right. you're telling me that that's
2: yeah it's like come yeah. on who yeah.
1: fucking cares right. after all barack obama held on to documents right and like you cannot convince them They're like, okay, Barack Obama had documents because he was building a fucking presidential library, right? And when the National Archives were like, hey, that one and that one, uh, we need those back because you technically can't have those because they're still classified. The Obama lawyers worked with those people to return the documents, right? Right. Uh, Did Hillary Clinton uh, behave entirely above board when it came to the email server? No, it sure doesn't seem like it. Uh, but that doesn't mean that it as, as uh, pesca pointed out on his thing there's no way that the law works where you say well this other guy did the bad thing yes. <laughs> so you can't hold me accountable like then yeah, that- all like there's no defense for murder. That because other people also did murders, right. uh, that I'm allowed to get away with murder. Right? right. That's not how this works.
2: I, I suspect that they're just saying that just uh, to give Trump political cover, kind of like a, the offsetting penalties on one you know side, uh, holding on the other side something else, we'll replay the down. So they they kind of wanted to be that. <laughs> the, the other consideration is that think about it from uh, Trump. A a Trump voter's point of view, because this is what I thought, like, Trump is kind of like the great, like, corrupter. Like, if you support him, you have to support him forever, right? Because if you're a Trump supporter, you're a conservative, right? You don't believe in some of the stuff, or some of the stuff, most of the stuff that liberals believe, or Democrats, or the mainstream media, or whatever, you know, whatever you want to concoct. You can never admit that you were wrong for supporting the person that they've always said this fucking clown coming down the escalator is the worst thing ever. And then if you give any credence to that, it'll be egg on your face, right? So, like, almost kind of just as a saving face kind of thing. I mean, what you say is true. There's an element where it's grooming and all this nonsense, but everybody doesn't believe that. Every Trump person doesn't believe that Democrats are grooming kids or whatever, Uh, although there is a segment that does. But there's also the component where there's no, like, uh, safe place to land to say like, all right, mad culpa, kind of you know, fucked up because they're gonna say you've had so many opportunities to admit that this guy was not fit for the office. You know, this is like eight years into this, uh, so at this point, like they almost kind of have to do this whole song and dance about like, what about this other thing? And you know, he's a he's a candidate for office, a front runner, so it's improper for. The person he's going up against, his administration, like his Justice Department, to do this, like all the arguments will be based on that because the actual facts of the matter are harder to uh, to defend. And so, like they'll just continue to say this thing. But you would think that I would do this uh, two step thing where I would say that you know to save face and then support somebody else because any one of the other Republicans can run the same plays that you want. Like you, you're into. These policies, whatever they are, it's not clear to me what they are, but you're into this platform, this non-existent platform. Anyone else can do it. Like why do you need Trump with all the baggage to do it? And and yet –
1: Because the baggage is the point, right? Because none of the rest of them have the superpower of – always saying the thing that is going to get the maximum outrage reaction from the mainstream, right? And right. it it feels like sometimes we can get DeSantis to do it, but that also feels like fake juice sometimes, right? Right. Like it, yeah. it feels like, is the, heart, is the heart really in it for the yeah. media types to get really upset about whatever it is that Ron DeSantis has just recently done? It doesn't seem like it, right? right. They that, really love it when Trump fucks up.
2: Right. But the thing is, it's like they must know that it is a very uphill battle if trump is the head of the republican party in 2024 it doesn't matter who else is up against them he will motivate people to come out just to vote against them right that is not the same case for the other candidates you would have a a fighting chance to beat a biden if it's anyone else with the same platform but again maybe you're right they're just in it for the this chaos because it's like maybe you don't think that they're going to win in 24 and you're just like let's just ride this train to wherever it takes us, because
1: or maybe they functionally don't believe that it actually matters. Like there's, there's people. I forget which one it is. It might be Biggs in Congress who uses the term "R POTUS" as his. No kidding. Like, like, really? Like re, he means real POTUS, and he's referring to Trump. So whenever he's talking about Trump in a uh, online, he says "R POTUS." Like these people don't actually like. To some extent, they talk about the way that Joe Biden and the Democrats are fucking destroying the country and they're going to they're gonna hand us over to the Chinese or something and who knows what else. But it's all just a big stupid game anyway to them, right? So maybe they don't care whether or not a Republican takes over if they get to continue to play this stupid game. I don't know.
2: Right. But the thing is, it's, for a lot of them, yes, they're doing it in a cynical way, but there are true believers who buy into this stuff.
1: Do the politics in from the Justice Department standpoint uh, you one imagines hanging out in Merrick garland's office and seeing the transcripts and being like, "Do we have any choice but to bring charges like the the sort of gleeful way that they were that Trump was talking about right breaking the law and when he like, the way that he talks about his attorneys, like, I thought attorneys were for fucking fixing these sorts of things and for breaking the laws. Uh, why don't I have the good law-breaking attorneys? Why do I have these fucking bums? Uh, like, is there is there any way that this is the correct, the prudent thing to do? Okay, another way of phrasing it. I think a rational argument can be made that it's not fair that Hillary Clinton was not prosecuted uh, based on what James Comey said shortly before the 2016 election, right? That the destruction of that email server and her in, intransigence in terms of uh, – bordering on obstruction in terms of doing the right thing and and also the underlying crime – Probably worse. The underlying crime being willfully setting up a private server in your own home that had a bunch of classified documents and – like truly, uh, possibly, we don't really know, but arguably sensitive documents that were there and having it uh, on an unsecured thing, right? Uh, And to me, that's – it's plausible that it could have been hacked and, in fact, around the same time, the Democratic National Committee computer network was hacked – Uh, and uh, it was revealed that that was a a Russian operation. So it's not, like, completely out of the question that the same sort of thing could have happened to uh, Clinton's server, though there's no indication that it actually was. That was a bad thing to do. It is also a bad thing for Donald Trump to have a number of boxes of shit, Uh, but because he likes physical media so much, he's a a listener to the show, he knows that uh, physical media— The only
0: way you can ever own anything—
1: The only way to truly own it and to keep it out of the prying eyes of assholes uh, on the internet is to have a physical copy of it rather than uh, do it over email. I think an argument – a fair argument can be made that what Clinton did – As the underlying problem is worse. Now, is Trump's utter unwillingness to work with the National Archives and to hand the shit back over when it was clear that he had things that he shouldn't have had? Is that okay? No. But what Clinton did was to destroy all of this stuff, right? Right. Like she she made it so that other people also couldn't see it in the long run. Now, is that okay? No, it's not okay. And arguably it's a crime that she should have been prosecuted for. But for reasons, James Comey decided not to. To me, there's, a, there's an analogy here where Hillary Clinton was caught on video – going uh, 95 and a 55. And uh, we should have sent her a ticket in the mail because she did that crime. We had proof that she did the crime and she should have to pay some sort of restitution to the state for it. Donald Trump actively was in an ongoing police chase right. for the last 18 goddamn months about <laughs> these goddamn documents, right? And he was actively fla- flouting uh, federal law enforcement in an attempt to... Hold on to these documents for the only – and the only discernible reason being uh, – not that it matters, but like uh, in order to be able to show off to his buddies uh, who would come visit him at his golf resorts. Right. Uh, and that – like to me, that matters, right? That this was an active thing that was still ongoing. Yes, it would have been better had we sent Hillary Clinton the – The ticket in the mail, and that she would have somehow like she's not going to go to jail for this. This would have been pleaded down. There would have been some sort of fine, right? Uh, David Petraeus, I think, did he do? Did he go to jail for the thing? I'm not sure. This is the sort of thing that has been prosecuted before, and it's always pleaded down to a misdemeanor. Like, it's it's just what it is. Like, it, as long as you don't attempt to evade and obstruct on the whole thing, then you're probably going to be just fine. And Trump would not have served jail time if this is an indictment that that comes through anyway, and then he just pleads it down to a misdemeanor. He's like, look, no harm, no foul, ultimately, because now you have all of the documents, right? right. So here's my, here's the thing that I'm driving at here. There's a plausible scenario in which he is, in fact, found guilty of the crimes and uh, jury sentences him to prison time, right? Right. Is that a just outcome, right? So while I'm saying on the one hand it's not fair that Hillary Clinton wasn't uh, prosecuted, I do think that the correct thing under the law is being done now where this is the just thing to do. I'm not convinced in my sort of anti prison, anti carceral way that this is something that an 80-year-old man should go to prison for, Right. Uh, even the President of the United States. But that doesn't mean that I don't think that it should be prosecuted. Is there a way in which this is the right thing to do? And uh, what I have always wanted to have happen that I've been saying for a couple of years now is that Joe Biden should ultimately pardon him uh, for these crimes.
2: <laughs>
0: It
1: you would always, be so funny. You always laugh at that.
2: It would be so good. Oh, what a ridiculous thing. All right, so just a, a, a couple of uh, points. Uh, you know what's interesting, uh, bringing up uh, Hillary uh, Clinton, when 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 Comey did the – he did this big spiel and said no uh, prosecutor or whatever reason prosecutor would bring up anything uh, and people were upset at why are you making this whole thing? To you know, you're laying out all of these troubling findings, and you're like, ah, but you know, we're not going to do anything about it. Uh, like ten days before the election, he says, "Oh, there's more information because of that wiener, goober," um, and it's not clear how much of an impact it had. But people thought that it had a significant enough of an impact in those states to sink Hillary Clinton. Right? Maybe she would have lost anyways without that ten days before the election saying that hey more information has come to light we need to reopen this right i think that there was some political cost that hillary paid she did not pay it criminally and it's just interesting that now that trump is seeing himself finding some liability criminally although i don't think he's going i mean he's not going to jail who's kidding? who let's let's not kid each other the president's not going to jail but politically it's at at worst, like, you know, even, but in fact, he's actually getting more support. So it's, it's right. weird how it's like the pursuit of Trump uh, has not hurt him where it did with Hillary. Maybe it was just a timing thing, like it was like a, a week and a half before the election in 2016. Uh, I do also wonder, you know, like in New York, uh, the the, uh, the Alvin Bragg thing, a lot of people, reasonable people could say that he could have exercised Discretion in not bringing up charges. You know, this cockamamie combining things. You know, that was seemed to me like a weaker case that he brought in state court. This one, because of the flouting of the requests, like, hey, give us the stuff. And there's all this evidence showing that not only did he not give the stuff, he was conspiring to 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 avoid giving the stuff. You know, like right. he's, he's so it's kind of like almost daring them to take action i think in this case you have to at least bring up the you couldn't have all of this evidence and say just out of deference we're just gonna let it slide right because he went above and beyond what other people have done when they had the
1: deference the deference is up until the point where you're like no We're, we're right i mean like we were as deferential as possible in the clawing back of these documents over the course of a long period of time but when the crime is ongoing and still happening and right. you still don't want to give these documents back like right. i understand the need to prosecute that right uh, and right. i think that ultimately it is a just prosecution but is there any scenario in which trump is righteously convicted right. and it still was the wrong thing to do because of the politics. Like, is is it possible that because this only makes him stronger, that it was still the wrong thing to do?
2: No, no. Because, you know, like as we said earlier, there's nothing you could do to demonstrate good faith, right? Like that, hey, we're trying to do the right thing. We're just trying to applaud the law fairly we see evidence that this person did a thing and we're going to prove it in court. And if he's found guilty, that's the end of that. Any other consideration politically is a fool's errand. Like what do you, you, the people who don't want to believe it are never going to believe it. And the people who do believe it are going to believe it regardless. Right. So it's like, there's no winning there. So in, in this situation, what I would say is no jump shots, only slam dunks, right? So only bring cases where it's a slam dunk, and there's a lot of evidence. I mean we don't know how this is going to shake out, but to me, between the two cases that have been brought against Trump, this is like pretty concrete because it's all this evidence against them. I don't know in Georgia this here. This
1: requires no novel right, understanding right, of anything. Right. This is all 100 percent there on the – like. and granted – as ever with these documents from prosecutors, we're seeing their best version of the story, right? And like, this is a narrative that this is their side of the story, right, of so. course, yeah,
2: and, and yeah, Trump will get his side told. But even even if you include the, because I know there's like two other possible diamonds that are in the offing, po- possibly one of them is here in, in my home state, here of Georgia, where even like that case is not as strong as this one. Where like, find me eleven thousand votes, you can come up with some you know, some lawyer saying, oh, find me. Like, he he believed that they were there to be found because they were doing something improper. Or, you know, like, even though it looks like it's kind of a smoking gun audio, you have at least some wiggle room there. This one, I'm not sure how you can wiggle out of it, right? And so this one seems to be, like, pretty airtight. Now, I was laughing at your pardon thing uh, because it's ridiculous. Do you think, like, just out of logistical impossibilities... A Biden would commute his sentence because, like, how are you going to have the president in prison when he need constant Like, the, the law says that you, he needs Secret Service protection, so like, it won't work. Some sort of right. commutation or some something along those lines, I could see. But no, imagine no part.
1: being the sentencing judge. Like, I, I, I just can't imagine. Like, I get. I, I don't know what the sentencing guidelines are for these crimes. I know Drudge had some ridiculous headline about like a hundred years. But that's the American
2: uh, – which always amuses me where it's like he can get like a slap on the wrist or like hanged or whatever. It's like so the right. range is ridiculous. It's like – yeah, because like – and sometimes they'll – just I guess to sell newspapers or like a website clicks, they'll stack them up in like an impossible way and they'll say a hundred years or whatever. It's like, come on.
1: Right. So – the like I don't know if there's a mandatory minimum where like if he's convicted on all 37 counts, he's got to serve three years or something like that. Right, but like I can't imagine being the sentencing judge and and deciding I'm going to sentence the former president of the United States and the leading candidate for the Republicans to. Eighteen months in federal lockup, right. like it's just utterly inconceivable. It, it
2: is, yeah, yeah. That's why it, he won't get that. And even if he were to get something like that, even if it were like ninety days or some random amount, all of it would have to be deferred until the conclusion of the election, right? Because if he, if he, it's, it's complicated, right? But
1: realistically, deferred until death, yes. right? Like, yes. there's not.
2: Yeah, get it tied He's up in a He's not appeal. going to
1: serve he- a single day in jail. Right. Be serious. right? We don't have like an island where we can send him to, where we call it jail. Right. Like, and we send him with a bunch of Secret Service agents, right? He's not going to go to Guantanamo or something, <laughs> which is why I maintain that the good political move from Joe Biden, and I've been saying this since sometime shortly after January 6th, I'm sure, would be to... Pardon Donald Trump for his crimes because it makes you look. Speaking of making you look like you're acting in magnanimous good faith uh, with reg- and, and attempting to heal the nation moving forward, and we don't want to put a, a leader who, while we've had our disagreements, and I believe he's trying to destroy everything that I hold dear, uh, represents still the the will of some seventy or eighty million of my fellow Americans. I don't think that that person should go uh, you to know, sh- No, it would just be such
0: a big dick move. Just like, <laughs> nah, man, that's all right.
2: <laughs> Let us lie. Us presidents have each other's yeah. backs. <laughs> it you... would be such a – it would be so good. I, 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 can't, I can't stress this enough, Bob. Uh, the – Kakamimi Kamala Harris for Gavin Newsom for, the, and then this one—it's like the two most absurd suggestions you've made in recent memory. Like there is <coughs> no scenario. First of all, Biden is like hanging by the skin of his teeth. He's like way too old. People are already ambivalent about him on his side. Like on his side, the other side is never going to vote for him, no matter what he does. He can suck Trump off, and he's not getting any of their votes, right? So, who no, is who no. is he healing? Hey, hey. Who, uh, what is we're pardon them,
1: man. It's fine. It's, come on, man. Like,
2: come on. You're just going to piss off your own side. I mean, the, people would be livid. Like, if, after all of these years, after all of these Russia this and whatever that, Zelensky call, finally get him. They got him. They made the case. They have an airtight case, and they convict him. And old man Joe like, ah, oh, never mind. Just, Bob, I'll right... listen to this podcast. and uh, It's, it's the
1: right move. Trust me.
2: <laughs> Not the right move.
1: When I listen to people, and that's the thing, like, so much of what I've heard over the last few days, I guess this happened on Thursday, uh, has just been a regurgitation of everything that we would expect to hear from the relevant sides. Yeah,
2: no surprise. Yeah, that's true.
1: And there's just very few surprises, like, uh, the only two Republican nominees who've had anything to say about this in a in a non-Trump-is-a-victim sort of way has been uh, Chris Christie and, I believe, Asa Hutchinson yeah, like also. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of them are, are sort of lamenting the sad state of affairs where one political party would, uh, who's in charge of the Justice Department would, would attempt to uh, prosecute uh, their enemies in this fashion. And that's all very dumb and and uh, sort of obviously so. And I don't know. Again, I don't know how we get past this being our baseline without former President Trump drawing his last natural breath yeah. on this planet. Like it's yeah. just. In, I mean, until that happens, this is just the scenario wherein there is, and it. Of course, his famous line about shooting someone on Fifth Avenue, he wouldn't lose a single supporter because, of course. The, the reason for that, if it hasn't been explicated enough before, is that the media would spend every waking moment of the foreseeable future talking about the awful thing that Donald Trump did, which was to shoot that poor person on, in broad daylight on Fifth Avenue and then the story would simply be turned into the media hysteria around one little murder right. around one <laughs> yeah. little life you know, like really we're blowing this out of proportion right. aren't we
2: what about all of the other murders happened by illegal aliens or you know some other what about it do you uh, you do know uh uh waiting trump out he's going to put up jimmy carter numbers right like he'll be alive for like 22 more years right he's not going anywhere uh despite his mac you know, like Big Mac uh, diet. He's going to be around for a minute. Do you, uh, I didn't read anything about this. When the New York indictment thing happened, there was a lot of like, no perp walk. We're not going to do the usual things. Like, have they decided, like, how is this Miami on Tuesday? We're recording Monday night. They're going to be the, uh, the the indictment on Tuesday. Is he having to, to go there and do the whole thing like he did in New York? And do you anticipate I don't know. I, a don't know any, I actually
1: don't know what the details are as right. far as that goes.
2: Do you think there'll be a bigger spectacle? I mean, because it was mostly subdued in New York, right? Like, there wasn't, like, uh, people were worried that things would happen, and it was pretty much orderly. Do you think that there'll be a bunch of, like, MAGA flags flying about in Miami? I mean,
1: given—I'm sure that the Trump people will make themselves known down there in Florida, but given the— sort of reticence of the Justice Department at this point, besides Jack Smith sort of getting up there and saying, I believe, you know, all of the federal cops that worked on this are the tireless supporters of patriots and uh, they care about truth, justice, and the American way, and any implication otherwise is uh, totally unacceptable. Aside from that sort of huffing and puffing about uh, their own dignity and self importance, they don't seem terribly interested in the perp walk aspect of this. So I imagine that they will play that down as much as possible. So
2: f- follow a similar plan as New York, you're thinking? Is this going to be? Right. Okay. That's what I think, too. All
1: right. We mentioned that Pat Robertson died. Uh, we have the good fortune of CBS News electing to give Mark Strassman uh, the coverage oh, no. of that. <laughs> this is a very short report from Strasser
3: one of the 20th century's most influential evangelicals and often a source of controversy cbs's Mark rossman takes a look at how he blended faith and politics well how do you have a miracle pat robertson was lots of things a preacher oh, and a, a pioneer avenue, an apostle of christian avenue. conservatism the far left is is livid uh, you know about killing babies they want to uh, do this CBN the Christian broadcast network he founded reached a global flock Uh, on the 700 Club his signature show his approach avuncular his faith unmistakable have faith in God who is the author of all life he galvanized Christians to help elect Ronald Reagan in 1980 Uh, in 1988, his own run for the White House failed. But over the years, he interviewed four presidents. You went to the G20 and you met for the first time front face-to-face with Vladimir Putin. Other views, outlandish, offensive. Feminism drove women to witchcraft. Gays caused 9-11 and hurricanes. Polarizing, passionate, but never pedestrian. Pat Robertson, What's 93? Mark Strassman, CBS News.
1: All right, Abe. Did CBS <laughs> News' senior national news correspondent get off a good one?
3: No, he did not.
1: Ooh, sorry, Mark. Try again next time.
2: Also, maybe it's just the local affiliate here in Atlanta, but C- I'm surprised CBS did not mention the, the relationship with the 700 Club because as soon as the morning show is done, and I'm usually watching— uh, 700 stuff shows up and they start doing all oh, like this guy got in an accident and now he believes in jesus and what a great story like and i should change the channel but i'm just watching but like <laughs> aren't they like supposed to like mention any sort of like partnership like this guy
1: we... is i don't think he's on nationally on cbs right, that's just so that's an affiliate why... thing
2: right but i i think at least in two cities that i've been to atlanta and some other place i think it was somewhere in north carolina as soon as that morning show on CBS ends, like at 9 a.m., the 700 Club begins. Like I know they, it was probably some sort of affiliate by affiliate kind of thing, but they're mostly housed under CBS.
1: I did not know that they were uh, mostly on CBS. But yes, if that's the case, then they should be giving uh, those sorts of things. So you didn't get off a good one, I agree with you. But in a report that lasts about like 65 seconds, I think, that right. uh, maybe maybe 75 seconds— he does get off six P words to describe Pat Robertson. He says, a preacher, pioneer, and apostle. And he later says he's polarizing, passionate, and never pedestrian. Ah. So I agree. Not not a traditional Strassman good one. But to get six different P words in there is a pretty solid work from our boy. Mm. Strassman also reported this week on... A story out of florida i believe where a woman was knocking on the door of her neighbor and then was shot in the chest uh for having done that so there's another one of those fun stories that i remember a month or so ago all of those
2: a handful of those yeah
1: yeah this was a uh uh kids were causing ruckus uh near this lady's yard and so she yelled at the kids and threw a roller skate in their general direction and then mom went over to bang on the door to sort out what needed sorting out with the lady complaining about the kids making too much noise and instead of just opening the door and having a conversation uh, the woman elected to shoot her through the door and she ended up dying as a result of that shot. Wow.
2: I I assume this is a open and shut case, right? I mean, they're not to make some sort of self-defense uh, thing are they
1: what's his name uh crump what's his sylvester or sebastian who's crump? the ben benjamin crump that's what it is he went down there because there was a oh, four-day black white thing yes yes that's okay. the only reason that we know about oh. it abe oh. is because it was a <laughs> black white thing
2: wait is this the one uh is she the lady where there's like some previous interaction where there was some racial yeah animosity? this is like a
1: this is Uh, Whether racial animosity or not, they were not neighborly neighbors. They had gotten on each other's nerves before probably because of the children playing too loudly or something like that. Not that that obviously excuses the the shooting of a person. Uh, But Crump goes down there because there was a four-day delay – between the time of the shooting and the time of the arrest, because the, the sheriff or whoever the police were investigating whether or not this was a stand-your-ground situation or not, they ultimately arrested this woman and have charged her with, uh, I forget the exact charge, but it's some degree of, of murder happened here. And again, I don't know what the benefit is to the crump types of the world. Coming out and making a humongous stink about justice not being served because uh, the process has been delayed while the facts are gathered. I don't understand, besides to enrich yourself and to elevate your own personal political profile, I don't know what good is being done. uh, Other than
2: those two most likely scenarios. And also, you can always – I mean if if you're being cynical about it, like it is to your advantage to – take the opportunity because it will you know sometimes they do respond pretty quickly they'll press charges but sometimes if the they're still gathering the evidence it may take a few days right and so in that period of time after it happens and before they decide to bring charges you have the opportunity to apply pressure quote-unquote and then when they inevitably do what they were going to do anyway you could say it was your pressure that caused them to take action
1: right Right and I'm not saying the institutions are perfect right. but what I am saying is that what we don't want is an institution that arrests first and then figures out right. the charges later right. right like what we what we definitely don't want is a, a police force that is tasked with going out and just arresting anybody who they believe might be a, a party to a crime and then figuring out in a, in a few days after that after the person has been arrested, uh, what we can charge them with? Right. Like, what what are you talking about? Right. What but, world? What world do you imagine that you want us all living in? W- in your situation, in right. the, in, the, in the way that you want the world.
2: to I, be? I'm not uh, Ben Crump's lawyer, but I imagine his argument would be like they they can point to examples where the no visibility and no, pra- no no like profile national profile of a case caused the local people to just let something slide. Like, were they, ah, I don't know. We don't have any video evidence of it, so it could have gone either way, so we'll just not do anything. And so those instances are what they're going to use to say, we need to do it this way to apply this pressure because, like, we we don't trust you to do the right thing. And we can point right. to prior, not, not these people specifically, some other case. You can always point to some case and say, in that case, nobody did anything until we started saying things or there was a podcast about it that became viral and people start oh maybe we should look into this and then something happens like those things do happen
1: crump's line in the report was for every hour that goes by between a black person being shot on their neighbor's doorstep to the time that a person is arrested for that is another opportunity for some other black person to be shot on some other person's doorstep and my response to that is that's just not how the world works Right. Like it's just like this is a uh, like it's a cute line to say to a newsman, uh, but it is not it's just not how the world works. I'm sorry. It's just you're wrong about that. Did you read uh, Laura Logan's uh, profile in The Atlantic today? I did. So uh, this is a long time coming, probably this sort of thing. And I don't know if it's the first big piece about Laura Logan's. Curious fall from the sort of mainstream graces into crazy world, not uh, which even is where she.
2: The mainstream, right? I mean, the way the story read, I did not know that she lost favor even with the Newsmax people. Like, I mean, right? If they're too crazy for Newsmax, like, holy shit!
1: Right. So this is uh, Laura Logan, who had a meteoric rise at CBS News in a brief period of time, went from being a nobody to being their chief foreign correspondent and their main sort of like on the ground war correspondent
2: right mostly based on uh, her kamikaze style of reporting like just take send me anywhere i don't care and other people were like oh fuck that i don't want to die and she would just her profile would be raised and i think in the article they talked about how she was like attractive and that kind of helped or whatever uh and
1: she was attractive as a younger lady. She's had a bunch of bad work done. Not that that not that we need to be in the, this particular business. Gonna distance uh, myself uh, from that. You can distance yourself all you want, but like she was she was hot 20 years ago and now it's like it's not as good. And I'm sorry, but that's it's just what it is. It's true. Uh I'm not the one uh setting these beauty standards. I'm just <laughs> Making aesthetic—engaging with the aesthetic reality of the situation. I think it's a piece that's worth reading, which, by the way, The Atlantic has a vicious paywall. Oh, boy. Uh, They are very, very thrifty with the the free articles that they'll give you. I think it's one a month now is all that they're willing to give you.
2: And I'm pretty sure I haven't uh, read—I don't know, is it like uh, the calendar month or like a rolling 30-day kind of month? I don't
1: know, but they're real pieces of shit with it where, like, I read this article earlier today— and I, if you, if you like, refresh the page, it's like, ah, yeah, nope, you lost, you, you, you lost your <laughs> chance there, you bum. It's like, what are you talking about? I know that your cookies are good enough to let me read the story that I read earlier yeah. today it's like, again.
2: It's still me. It's still me. <laughs> right.
1: yeah. so which, which, by the way, is why I don't feel bad about finding stolen versions of The Atlantic articles. The rare time like I, I I don't read The Atlantic nearly as much as I used to right. when they had a much more forgiving uh paywall situation. Uh so whatever. Uh I don't know that it's necessarily like it, it's not particularly revelatory uh anything about Laura Logan. Uh she talks to the writer actually, I don't know if it's a dude or a woman who wrote this. Let me look at for that. For some
2: reason, I thought it was a woman the whole time. I don't know if she. It
1: was a woman, okay. so it was uh, Elena Calabro. She attempts to interview uh, Laura Logan by uh, conf- not confronting her, but meeting her at uh, this like Moms for Liberty event or something yeah, in this Texas. Is
2: how low her profile is, like like a fall from. Everything reminds me of, of pro wrestling, but like it would be like somebody who's like in the main circuit, the WWE or whatever. Now they're like in some bullshit independent thing where they're like twenty people at some gym in the middle of nowhere. Like that's basically where she is now. She's like in some random place I've never heard of in Texas, and that you know the uh, the person who wrote this like she was she was trying to. Get an interview from uh, Laura Logan, and she would say, "Oh, you're gonna it's gonna be another hit job," and blah blah blah. So she would not give her the time, and so she went down to Texas to this event and paid ten dollars. Ten dollars is what. So she's making what, like half of that, maybe if.
1: Right,
2: (laughs) it's pretty. (laughs) I mean, wow.
1: Yeah, and this is someone who was, you know, the lead reporter for sixty minutes for a little while. yeah, Yeah, she
2: was. I mean. Because in in I did not realize. I mean, I I knew her from sixty minutes. I didn't know how she got there. I was like, oh, she's one of those foreigners, you know, like South Africa or England or one of those people, right? And they're I guess they're trying to add some some of that to you know to the Scott Pelly Mike Wallace right. Group. Well, and
1: she's gone down. She's fully gone down the like Michael Flynn road of every like. And the, the the stuff that we're talking about last week with yes. Tucker Carlson, where you can't believe anything that you're told, if you're told it, it's going to be a lie, unless it's something that confirms something that I already agree with. The article doesn't quite make this argument, although given that it is uh, presented the way it's presented, they sort of want you to circumstantially make this connection, which is that when she was a young girl, uh, she had this idyllic life, Her her understanding of her parents relationship was that uh they the the only understanding that she had of her parents were the way that they related to each other right right? sort of the way that most
2: linked yeah which is i i I always just assumed they were like a pair my parents like you never think of them as separate people
1: until one day dad pulls into the driveway with a stranger a girl another five-year-old girl in the car and says hey meet your half-sister I'm going to go live with her and her mom now. You're better (laughs) half. later. (laughs) Right. So dad had a secret other family, and he skipped out on the family that he had. I think Logan was one of three. I don't remember exactly. And and they were Um,
2: living – they were explaining that in this uh, apartheid era, South Africa, they had like – they were living – Comfortably when it was a two-parent household, uh, where they had like maids and all the stuff, and then when the the father uh, absconded or he just left, uh, they were like, "Oh shit!" The mother had to like get her own like a job, and they were back. I, I think they're probably like lower middle class, maybe if that. Right. Yeah.
1: Right. Not not quite black in South Africa, right. but yes, you know, so still white, right. but working at this point. Right. So the article notably does not say and this is the seed that planted in laura logan when she was 8 or 10 years old or whatever she was at the time that made her psychologically inherently distrustful of institutions right, right. that this is that that, that but, but my question is does a person's personal psychology in that in that way this, this sort of formative moment in her life It is easy to narratively draw the connection between her total loss of faith in the institution that was her family and the person that was her dad, who she apparently didn't have much of a relationship with at all in the aftermath of this event. Uh, is, Is that the sort of thing that primes a person for a total lack of trust in institutions moving forward can can that sort of event in a person's childhood affect your psychology so dramatically that it makes you susceptible to the sort of absolutely bonkers conspiracy theory theory stuff that she's into now
2: well you know uh if it were an isolated event maybe not but like the article then goes into the 2000s even when she's enjoying the success where she went from some random show in 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 great britain like good morning whatever uh to like the war uh that the u.s was involved in uh, in the uk and she was like but within like four or five years she was like a correspondent for 60 minutes she was making plenty of money but even during that period uh th- there was some talk of like they're out to get me or there are people who would want to see me fail and maybe this is typical of like media figures you know because they're like
1: it's typical of it's i think it's typical of ambitious people right
2: so they're you know they're always spying some sort of thing and and but they point to that so it seems like they're kind of working backward how did this respected journalist who was working for 60 minutes get to bumfuck texas ten dollars and saying the the craziest things and and so they're trying to attribute these things
1: if part of her meteor meteoric. Rise is attributable to her recklessness, is her willingness to go into incredibly dangerous situations and put herself on the ground there, which arguably you could – if you wanted to psychoanalyze her, you could say – her shitty relationship with her father uh, or non-existent relationship with her father from when she was a kid because he walked out on them and, and went to go live with some other family, like, is her recklessness also tied to what? this sort of psychological state of being a child who who doesn't have a, didn't believe that she had a family that cared for her any longer? Uh, that, that colored her behavior in that way. And then, therefore, also, that same sort of thing ends up contributing to uh, the thing that happens to her in Tahrir Square right. where she, against the wishes of producers and, and her higher-ups, goes into an incredibly dangerous situation and is apparently raped. She's like gang uh, raped. And-
2: I mean, this is a Tahrir Square. This is like – I mean, it was supposed to be like a jubilant celebration because like the previous guy who was there forever resigned. Um, and so there was a lot of celebrating, and they were in the, in the article. They talk about like how Laura uh, Logan and her producer and like a security person goes into this sea of people, and when the when the camera lights are on, everything is fine, right? Basically, it's like the, the lights are on; they're they're doing their 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 piece, uh, but the the battery ran out, and now it's dark, and now all of these hands are doing whatever, and she gets right. separated from her security and producer, and the way, I, I, I mean, I remember because she, she came on 60 Minutes to talk about her, some CBS show a couple years later, to recount what happened, but it was like 25 minutes of just assault, like 25 right. minutes of just foreign objects, hands, all kinds of things, it, it was like it took some women to come to her aid to kind of like clear all the people and then the military came and, and and whisked her away. But like it was like a lengthy period of time. And I think aside from the what happened to her when her dad left and when she married this conspiracy theory guy uh, a few, you know, when she was like an adult, uh, I think it's the stretch of like twenty eleven through twenty thirteen because they describe like twenty eleven the the uh, sexual assault happens at Tahrir Square, twenty twelve she gets breast cancer, twenty thirteen she does that story that gets retracted like I mean these are not equal of equal right <laughs> you know, so the, the sto- she
1: does a, a on 60 Minutes they run a piece that she reported out about uh, some sort of British national who made claims about sort of a he describes it as sort of like a Rambo event like in Benghazi, where he's right. like right he's like he's climbing the gates at, at the embassy in Benghazi and he's like uh, rifle butting bad guys and this sort of thing right and they CBS ends up having to retract that story because it turns out he wasn't even there. Right.
2: Uh, kind of almost and, like the the, the newsroom. Uh, remember that the, the sarin gas uh, plot where
1: I don't remember okay. that particular element <laughs> of the there newsroom. There was like a
2: concocted story that they brought to air, and then as soon as the story aired, phone calls apart. lit up, and everybody, was like, what the fuck? None of this happened. Da, da, da. I mean, it, I don't think it happened that fast, but it was pretty quickly after the story aired. That the stories started to fall apart were like other outlets like the Washington Post and the New York Times, they said the FBI Right. And this was a
1: guy, this was a guy who had a book deal and yeah. was trying to sell books right. and it all turned out to be bogus. Right. And it was egg on her face there, but it wasn't likely going to be the end of her career. Right. She
2: came back. Yeah. I mean, they in a diminished role, but she was still doing pieces. I think she won some awards since that event, right? So she was still, you know doing good work although uh the the report the article talks about how even though on uh on the air like the stuff was pretty conventional the story she would cover but she her her thinking uh was was hardening towards
1: right there's some quote in there from somebody who says i don't know where she'll be in 10 years but uh right now she's doing great work and like that that's particularly prescient a thing to say In in two thousand eight, yeah, right? Yeah. To say to say that in two thousand eight, and then for her to go the places that she went uh, just a decade later is impressive. I, a couple things before we stop talking about this. One, the reporter says that she talked to like thirty people or something, and only one person was willing to give their name uh, because they wanted to be able to speak anonymously so that they could speak candidly right. about Logan. I do not understand giving that sort of anonymity in this story given that Lara Logan has zero power. Yes. She she has none cultural power. Or political power, or any power whatsoever. Like Fox
2: News doesn't want anything to do with her. No, yeah, you're right. Like, what, what is the con- what, is, it, what the is
1: giving that sort of deference? Which the only de- the only reason is so that you don't seem like a caddy or bitchy or like or or like you're putting down a woman, right? Like so you don't seem like as some sort of misogynist. I guess like there's no good reason for you not to speak on the record about someone who has no control and no power over you in any conceivable way i do not understand why the atlantic would be willing to give to grant anonymity to these 30 people
2: right and I, it's not acceptable to me Logan, it's just
1: it's not okay
2: didn't she kind of allude to that like what's the point of doing this interview you're gonna in, i'm gonna give you an on the record interview and you're gonna allow a bunch of anonymous sources to to drag me and kind of that's what was happening you know like I, I don't understand it either uh, Because, like, what is – yeah, I don't understand what the concern is. Uh, Wouldn't you just want to say, like, hey, this person was this for all these years and now – and it's not
1: just us. No one's career prospects are going to be harmed by talking candidly about the crazy person. Right. Right? that It's absurd. I don't understand. So, ha- in other words, we wanted to give you anonymity because you didn't want to seem like a bad person right. in the pages of The Atlantic, right. is all it comes down to. Right. Nobody gets anonymity to talk about Alex Jones. Right. Like, what the fuck are you talking yeah, that's about? True. Yeah. You're going to talk on the record about Alex Jones. In other words, The Atlantic said, we don't have a story unless we can get these 30 different people to give us quotes anonymously. Otherwise, we've just got this one person who is willing to go on the record, right. and there's no Point in running the story other I
2: don't know how uh journalism works, but is it feasible to say like uh there's thirty of you people like you <laughs> I, we, if I use your name, like they're not going to identify, they're not going to single any
1: one of you, right? Because they're, also, they're, there's no question about right. her situation, right. right? Like she's completely off the goddamn reservation. She also doesn't she's... have the
2: power to like sick her like followers to, you know, like some some people still have a little uh, pull and they can just harass you online, which is, you know, I guess not that big of a thing. But not even that, she doesn't have the that kind of power. And so, like, I don't understand it on all counts, like what the concern is.
1: Right. Well, I mean, I. To an extent, she does have some social media sway, right? Like, so she's got followers online. I'm pulling it up now. She's got 570,000 followers on Twitter. Yeah. So, yeah, like, you would endure, uh, presumably, an assault a, and digital assault from the crazies if you got sideways with them. Right. But that's not a reason, like, that, and that's not the reason that The Atlantic gave. They didn't say these people. C- couldn't speak candidly because they're afraid of an online mob coming after them. Right. But also, the way that you deal with that is, as you're saying, being one of fucking 40 people right. who, who who talk to this person. And that dissipates the issue. Right. So aside from that, whatever. Also, is there virtue in running this sort of piece from the opposite end, which is that the way that they're setting this up in terms of this sort of might help explain the trajectory of a Lara Logan, of how she ended up in the situation that she's in now, why she's so distrustful of the mainstream and of our uh, collective institutions. Here's, here's a couple of anecdotes from her history. Uh, maybe you can have some empathy for how a person could end up in this way. Does this do anything to advance sort of the the empathetic understanding of your average conspiracy nut? And I think the answer is basically no. Uh, <laughs> I, do I don't feel think bad that that...
2: for her though. Like it is kind of a tragic story. I mean, it is of her own making, right? She has some agency in this, but like just the trajectory, where like she was a made man. I mean, she, or you know, she's you're on sixty minutes. Like that's not like a that's not nothing, and. For it to just unravel like this, and now you're talking about like how people are wanna I don't know just weird stuff
1: that she's talking about, and like well the Pat Robertson stuff but right. like, like explicitly like the left just wants to drink the blood of children right right like that, that's the sort of shit that she's talking about on television, uh, which is insane, and not even on the television
2: anymore, yeah, but yeah the in in the in the article. Uh, at the near the end, uh, the the, the writer says that in the past several years, I have written about a number of public figures on the right who believe very few of the things that they profess to believe, who talk in public about stolen elections and wink at the specter of global cabals and then privately crack jokes about the people who applaud. She's not one of them, you know, like she's not even like a Sean Hannity just talking shit just so he can make some money or like Tucker Carlson. By the way, none of these are legally significant statements. Don't sue me, you two. Uh, But like the that she seems to be in that camp where she's like a true believer. It seems like something just kind of like I don't know, broken in her brain to where she's just like this stuff she believes. Like it kind of got crazier and crazier and crazier.
1: So on the one hand, I think it is useful if you're willing to go so far as to say. People just believe the shit that they believe, yeah. and there's not a lot. There's not a lot that any of us can do about it, right. right? Like the the people that she's talking to at that Moms for Liberty event. Those people, they just sort of believe, and there's not there's not any fundamentally changing any of it, right? right? Like there's no conversation that you can have with Laura Logan or or General Michael Flynn or the My Pillow guy or any of the people that support those people. That where you could rationalize your way into, you could logic your way into convincing them that the, the suspicions that they have about the way that the world is uh, are utterly unfounded, right, right? right? There's just no changing those minds. In the same way that no amount of them conversing with me, of shoving all of their various evidences uh, into my face, right. uh, is going to convince me of anything from their end right so to some extent if this piece has a as a use i would hope that it was for people to sort of conclude ah laura logan right ah one in a million right. like this is just what happens to what, people sometimes what do you, what do you uh,
2: make of the uh, argument uh that was made in the, the article where uh if i can read here many americans have embraced conspiracy theories as a way to give order and meaning to the world's chance cruelties and uh this is me paraphrasing, like, uh, they're reframing the events of the world, uh, f- in the service of, like, absolution and purpose. Like, so, like, just something, something that they didn't like happen, and, and they're, like, they're jumping at these ridiculous things because it serves some purpose, which is, you know, this is my calling now, whatever, like, I'm gonna protect some babies or whatever, right? And so, like, they're willing to, it's kind of like motivated reasoning, like, to believe, some of these crazy things because like on the surface, it doesn't make any sense, but there's some. Right. But
1: since I was 18 years old or however old I was, when I became convinced that the people that believe the religious things believe literally insane things, right? right? Like it, it it has been a feature of my entire conscious life that I could not fathom that people actually believe that there is an intelligent, intelligent, there's a, a a sort of human like intelligence at work now is it a divine uh, mystical sort of next level utterly incomprehensible intelligence uh yes they'll they 'll grant me that, but nonetheless a, a sort of intelligible intelligence is at work uh, is a is a is an emotional and sort of psychological and intellectual creature that created everything right right? that that decided that the world was going to be in this way and is an ongoing participant in the functioning of that world right Right. like to me that's actual insanity right (laughs) like like but but yeah for all of my life i've been under the impression that some staggering majority of the humans that live and have ever lived have held to that belief system, right? right? Uh, Some more than others. uh, Some take it more seriously than others. But a vast majority of my fellow human beings believe something that I believe to be Utterly insane and incomprehensible and a very impoverished understanding of the way that the world is, right? And then we can drill down into the particulars of those beliefs, and I find them even more insane. And then other parts of it I find sort of uh, acceptable and I'll be an apologist for in some way. But, like, I have been conditioned for a very long time to— Except that many billions of my fellow humans believe things that are just uh, crazy pants, and so for uh, to some extent, uh, the whole conspiracy theory world has been fine for me because, like, ah, yeah, you believe crazy shit too, okay? Uh, So do the vast majority of other human beings on the planet. But
2: the distinction, you know, I mean, in many ways, like belief is kind of like a survival kind of tactic, like you know. If you find yourself in a desperate enough condition or you live in a very hard world where you just live and die and in abject poverty, it's nice to believe that these things happen on the other side because this on this side it fucking sucks, right? So, like, you, I can kind of see the logic in throwing yourself at, like – I want to believe that. I wish there was a just system on the other side because there isn't any justice in this world. And like, this will be all sorted out. And we'll, you know, all the people that I've lost are gonna, I'm gonna see each other again. It's like wish fulfillment, you know, so that it makes sense to me in that respect. Uh, Nobody believes that, I mean, they're in it for that. All the other stuff they'll they'll absorb in order to get to that. Uh, This one, I don't get, what do you get from this? Child, whatever thing, like what, what, like how many, how many more years do you know. need? To maybe there's. A, it's,
1: it's funny that you bring you bring up the the fact that that religion can be a balm for the most impoverished and most sort of dispirited people on the planet, and the, the most unfortunate among us. Uh, maybe the American flavor of the conspiracy religion is a sort of weird survivor's guilt, or like uh, uh, like a white guilt, almost like a. An, Not specifically white, but like...
2: Right, right. But yeah, that...
1: A rich person's guilt about the world, right? Like, we must create instead uh, monsters in our own midst in order to... Except the incredible bounty that is modern life, right. right? Like we we must be victims of something in some way, or else, uh, what the fuck is wrong with us? Right. Living these lives of impossible plenty, while there is still so much suffering and and want in the world. That's
2: why I, I always wondered, like, if that template is like hardwired, then ha- you know how we plug in the stuff will be different. But like that template of like needing this larger. Thing uh, to see the world and give shape and purpose and meaning, like it's something you actually need in order to function. Right.
1: Well, and like uh, happiness and contentment on a sliding scale. Right. right? Like, like no, you're only, you can be maximally happy uh, as, as an impoverished, uh, incredibly poor person, and you can be maximally happy as a right. as a wealthy person, and you can also be miserable it's, in both of those yeah. situations. At least and it, miserable it's sort of- when
2: you're poor makes sense like it sucks to be just being like I think uh your, your boy uh, Pesca like he had like a, a episode uh, a segment I think no, a whole episode on like bliss and like the guy uh, Dwight yeah. Schrute yeah was good in episode yeah
1: Recom- recommend it yeah but
2: basically he was saying like you know the, the in a weird counterintuitive way like these happy countries like Switzerland like they have a high suicide rate and like there's some sort of offhand remark like you know, if you're like in Switzerland, happy Switzerland, and you're not happy, you're like, well, if I can't be happy here, then fuck it. You know, like in a weird way, that works against like a suicidal person. It's like if I can't be satisfied here, like, and it's all worse right. everywhere else, like, what's the point?
1: On that pleasant note, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, we'll skip the. Uh, there's a couple of different studies that came out this week. I'm saying we're skipping them. We'll sa- we'll save it. There's a the chemical found in Splenda. Uh, which is, uh, su- like, sucralose is the non-brand name oh, of God. the sweetener Splenda. And uh, it's apparently damages DNA, according to a new study. When I read that, that study, I know we're
2: not talking about it, but when I read that study, I rummaged through my uh, uh, all my stuff to see, <laughs> is this one yeah. of the ones that I have? But I guess I have one of the good ones, like some other thing, that they haven't determined is bad for you yet, but I'm sure they will.
1: Right. And there's another one also that uh, my sister sent to me, about uh, breastfeeding, there's the a big study out of England that says that uh, the longer you breastfeed, the smarter you end up. And uh, nope, we'll, we'll investigate. But... Wait,
0: wait, wait. Like you as a person, when. You, like,
2: for the child I or for
1: guess... the. No, no, the, it's good for the child's brains. Okay. <laughs> that The uh, the breast milk is good for so the kid's uh, brains.
2: That lady in uh, Game of Thrones, I know it's a fictional. Oh, uh, show! But remember, the, didn't she was well, she breastfeeding like some seven year old or something? It was like very right, yeah. late. Like, maybe she yep. was ahead of the curve. Yeah. No, know?
1: known to happen outside of the Game of Thrones universe. Actually, <laughs> yeah. seven years
2: in—that's uh, <laughs> a
1: six. How about six years <laughs> in? Uh, we'll get to those next week. Those will be fun. You. <laughs> You've been listening to Cast Iron Brains, a podcast with Bob and Abe. Find the show on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, Head on over to BrainIron.com, CastIronBrains.com for a show note. The opening and closing themes of our show were composed by the one and only Mark Gillig, TetramerMusic.com, T-E-T-R-A-M-E-R, music.com. Abe, a big Movie drops two weeks in a row. It was two weeks ago we had the Spider Man movie yes. come out and made a big pile of money. Uh, this week, was it uh, Transformers that Transformers came out?
2: Transformers Rise of the Beasts.
1: This has got uh, the guy from Hamilton yes. in it. It's the, what, what was guy his name?
2: From
0: Hamilton. Something Ramos? Jonathan Groff? No. Oh, Anthony Ramos. Anthony Ramos is in it. He should be in more stuff that this isn't is... Transformers.
1: I think I saw something like this is a good Transformers movie, like the some of the other ones have been bad. Did you go see Transformers before I uh, talk further?
2: I did I did. Uh, I only have three words written next to the little uh, my feedback, and uh, it's a very forgettable movie. Like this movie was uh, <laughs> I, I, I know that some people said, "Oh, it's not bad for a Transformer movie, but like the Transformers movies are so bad that that's not saying anything, and this was not much better than that.
1: Did Michael Bay come back for this one or is this a, a not, I'm not sure. a Michael That's a good Bay? Question. Thing.
2: I didn't see his name pop up anywhere so I don't know.
1: It made a bunch of money, didn't
2: it? I think so, but it is just been a rush str- yeah. This movie was not my cup of tea. Let's
1: see. Producer Michael Bay, director is somebody called Stephen Capel Jr. So not oh. directed by Michael Bay.
2: On the uh on the TV front, uh, you, you know, this, I, this is a demonstration of how stupid I am. Anything like on the Max app, I think like, oh, how bad can it be? It's on the Max app, even though <laughs> yep. we talked about how they're throwing all this garbage even though, content. Even in. though they
1: purposefully rebranded themselves <laughs> yes. so to that people bad. wouldn't think they were as good. Right, right. Yeah, like, because the problem—I don't think we ever ended up talking about it on the show—but the problem with the HBO brand, according to the brain geniuses yes. at Warner Media, yes. is that it was it was too good, and people yes. were intimidated too by the quality the, yeah. of the HBO brand, and so they had to kill the HBO brand and make it a, a, a mere vertical in the in the larger uh, Discovery Media ecosystem.
2: Right, and so there i am on a friday evening like ah oh, let's see what's going on on the max you know so i uh i'm not like, i'm done with that milf manner thing and i uh <laughs> i'm watching uh match me abroad right this fucking show there's only okay. like four episodes right and i'm like ah oh, just going to watch a few minutes and be done with it and i'm like episode 3 like criticizing like this right. the whole show but <laughs> You know, reality shows. I'm I'm convinced they have like a lot of plants in there, and uh, the the concept of the show is that these people who are single in America think they'll have better luck in like random countries abroad. Like the the concept is kind of stupid. Like, oh, I'm from South Carolina, I can't find any good men. Let me go to Morocco. So they took
1: they took a charming segment from Love Actually, in which the the dope from england who's a, like working at bad catering jobs or something right decides that if he goes to the united states with his accent He'll score all sorts of strange in America. And he does. And then he goes to fucking Minnesota. (laughs)
0: Because it's true.
1: And he scores three hot chicks who he starts with. His friend
0: says, but you don't have an adorable British accent. And he says, yes, I do.
1: Right. So they took that (laughs) and reversed it with Americans and sent them elsewhere?
2: Yeah, so they sent them to, and I think they must have picked these countries at random because there's no logic to it. They send one person to Morocco. They send somebody else to, like, Somewhere in Central Europe, I don't know, one of those countries. Uh, and um,
1: isn't this just what we do with Mormon kids? We just yeah. <laughs> we <laughs> send them out into the world.
2: Yes, but there's no like greater purpose. But and then somebody else to like South America somewhere. Anyways, the the concept of the show is that uh, these people who go to these far off places, they'll be matched with some sort of like dating like pairing person some matchmaker type right, right a, a and a guru type yeah. matchmakers are on the take they are like the worst matchmakers like deliberately so to make better TV like somebody will say I want you know these stupid little qualities in somebody I want them to be this and that and the other and they'll always pick something like opposite of that and and the person's like oh this fucking sucks and they go back to them and the, they do the back and forth one of the participants is like this sweet guy like in his 40s like he's like uh, I think on the Spectrum, uh, and I think they're they're not coming out and like poking fun at him for that, but like the whole episode is centered around like, look at this guy, right. like without saying that it, it's it's weird. It's like you're yeah, like this, he's like the butt this of the joke. weird, yeah. <laughs> no. Like he's like he he has like a weird like fashion style, and he's got like belts and suspenders and like diff- weird colors or whatever. He's, he's like he's set in his ways, and. He'll be set up with some random woman who's uh, like, got no interest in him, and they just do it just to fuck with him. I don't know if he's aware of that. Like at least the other people, they can. You're apply- not.
1: You're not doing a great job uh, on the on the soft sell of this show. I'm. I want to watch this show now. Is what. That's something. Somebody needs to look
2: into episode three because that is like one of the like the the matchmaker like the woman. She She's obviously, just by body language, she's not into him, right? That's fine. You know, that that happens. And she says as much to the matchmaker. Ah, I didn't take, you know, oh, I gave it a good go and whatever. She takes that information, the matchmaker, and she turns around and she tells the guy to, like, sit down. And she said, I got, I think I quote, I got terrible feedback from so-and-so. Terrible <laughs> feedback? It's not a cancer diagnosis. It just didn't work. just didn't
1: yeah. <laughs> Do is, you watch... Did you ever watch the Indian Matchmaker on yes, uh, yes. Netflix? And I'm yeah. going
2: through the Jewish Matchmaker now, too.
1: Oh, we've avoided the Jewish Matchmaker because Lori Laurie's a I vicious anti-Semite, <laughs> and so she I can't. can't. Do it. Uh,
0: I can't do it. I can't do it.
1: I hate that Indian Matchmaker show for much the same reason. First of all, uh, a number of the, the people that they try to match are terrible people, yes. right? That yeah. sort of goes with the territory, right. I suppose. But also the woman that the who's this guru matchmaker who goes around like consulting the fucking tarot readers and this and the star mappers and all of this 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 fucking total fraud nonsense, and she always sits there so stoically just nodding happily, yeah. at all of the bullshit, whether it's the bullshit the 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 prima donna person who's trying to get hitched, who's like listing the forty seven different characteristics that they care about in a match, and she's listening politely and like nope. You can't care about any of this. Right. You're just going to go with this person. Who's the? It's like you take the biodata and you <laughs> you, you mash it up. And it's like there's no science here. There's you no. just have all of this bullshit on a piece of paper. And you're like, here, talk to this person. Right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's terrible. But also you've reminded me of the Love on the Spectrum show, which Aww. I –
0: So good. Out of but that all one of the reality up and up, shows right?
1: – uh, right, and they're they're straightforward about the fact that these people are varying varying degrees of autistic. Ah. Uh, like, yeah. So Laurie's doing. The, there's the guy who would just James. randomly go. Bow. James, uh,
0: what would you like for lunch? <laughs> ah, I ah, guess a sandwich.
1: Uh, but, like all of those people, I, I will remember the bulk of those people fondly yes. uh, moving forward.
0: Would you like mayonnaise on your sandwich? Ah, okay, <laughs> I guess. Is
1: that uh, for it's every not the,
2: question? Or
0: just yeah, like, it, I mean, yeah, he, he just doesn't.
1: Anytime he has to he respond is, to something, is whoa! He,
2: he is,
0: James from season two is doing the thing that I wish I could do. To everyone all the time, which is like anything uh, being Lori, asked of him. Lori, tip. what do
1: you want to watch on television tonight? Ah! Ah! <laughs> this,
0: every question is like, oh, dear God, why are you asking me oh, that? No. What do you want from me? Uh,
1: anyway, Love on great. the Spectrum is great. And now you make me want to watch this other piece of shit on Max. Uh, we just we, the Duggars. We watched the Duggars documentary on uh prime i think it curiously was
0: curiously not on max as it like dumped all over tlc for four hours oh wow
1: right so this, so is, this not is
2: about the tlc ver- this is uh somebody else doing
1: no this is a, a documentary about
0: about tlc
1: tlc and the duggars and it's a but first of all Lori's like let's watch the duggars thing because it's only three hours it's like what are you talking about? Only three. Hours. What in what world do we ever say? Let's watch the new Scorsese movie. It's only we three just hours.
0: Did. No, I
1: know we did, but that's, that's never. That's
0: in this world. Last week, no, I, I know, said that. It's
1: never the converse... But the conversation about the movie is never. Let's just watch this. It's only no, three we did hours.
0: Watch... Okay. Every wait, every time no. that I want to
1: watch a movie, I I first of all I do I. I admit, I complain about the fact that the movie is three goddamn hours okay, long. but
0: also, we didn't watch three hours straight on Friday night and then Saturday night. Right. Also, and you it, were
1: mistaken. It was four episodes. It
0: was four episodes, but they weren't an hour each.
1: Nearly they an hour They were under each. an hour
0: each, and we watched two episodes at a time. Oh,
1: there you sure. go. Sure.
0: So, like, a movie I don't know,
1: I just amused
0: takes b- longer than that.
1: Amused by the framing of it's only three hours. When
0: it's in, it's not a ten episode. It's not yeah. a bullshit going to be dragging on. It's right.
1: concise. Also, three that is hour the documentary. The minimum now. The minimum for any of these fucking bullshit Netflix uh, documentaries is the
0: sorority one was only an hour and a half.
1: We're gonna get three and a half hours out of you because we're gonna divide it into three or four episodes, and it's all needlessly drawn out anyway this is a much more interesting story than this shitty documentary gives it credit for which is there's something really uh, and i had no idea i'd never heard of any of these people uh that like i knew the about Duggers? the duggars that oh, okay. the, the nine I, I knew about the 19 kids and counting yeah. lunatics but uh I think, like, if this had been explored before, their connection to this church, like, I, and I imagine that there have been magazine pieces about the details about this in the past. I can't imagine, like, this documentary, I don't think, is breaking new ground. It was
0: 179 minutes altogether.
1: All right, so that's three hours, yeah. Uh, it's
0: what I fucking said.
1: Sure, you're, you're not wrong. It's just, it's a lot of fucking TV. I think that I had studiously avoided... Reading about the Duggars for the last 20 years. Like, oh, those are just these fucking assholes who are on TLC who have all the kids. Like, I don't want to know anything about this. So, like, not even, like, a piece in The New Yorker or The Atlantic or The New York Times was going to draw me in to their fucking bullshit reality TV world. I wanted no part of it. So I studiously avoided it. But... They belong to some fucking crazy cult, essentially. Uh, this this goofy Christian uh, sort of Southern Baptist thing, where it's this whole big homeschooling racket, okay. and they have uh, this this whole big thing. And there's a there's a, a classic American charismatic at the center of it. This weird old guy with uh, bad dyed dark hair who never marries but insists on. Uh, all of his followers getting married and, and and being part of this quiverful generation. Also, like,
2: the...
0: very focused on bringing children up the right way okay. and doesn't have any children of his own.
1: Right. Very insistent that he knows the right way to raise a child and and uh, that you should have fucking 20 kids as long as the body is still willing and able. You should be consistently producing a new kid every That's year. how
2: they ended up with 19 kids.
1: Right. Uh, but I didn't those... realize...
2: Is he one of those that's like uh, having sexual relations uh, with people?
1: Right. Kind of? So kind of, and, and, they, and what's very obvious from having watched this documentary is that there's a way more interesting story about this guy who's actually – not Duggar, right. but like the church that he was a part of essentially, right. this weird group that he was somewhat affiliated with. And they, like, only slightly even touch upon it in terms of the actual, like, the underlying finances of it and the way that it's organized. And, like, they mention, like, oh, well, this fucker's got uh, institutes in, like, 19 states or something. It's like, well, let's talk about that. Yeah, no, yeah. Like, that is that is super <laughs> interesting. season
0: one on the thing. Like, they could make, make more.
1: Sure. Maybe there's more interesting things to come. But, like, I don't know. The, the duggers themselves are not an, uh, at all compelling to me. What is uh, the
2: focus? Just
1: like it's mostly about how the girls are victims here uh, because the Josh kid was molesting his sisters and then ends oh, up God. getting caught with uh, child porn on his work computer or something like that. Oh, in addition to being outed as uh, in the the Ashley Madison hack. Remember that the, there's that yeah. cheating website yeah. and all the names got publicly revealed and he was among those. Yeah. Uh, and I don't care about any of that shit. That's not interesting to me. But this guy and the organization that he ran is uh, wildly interesting to me and they don't do a good job of fully explicating it. And they only sort of hint at – like like it seems like he's one of these guys who, who gets off not on molesting little kids but on the – Sort the power of stuff. the power of like I'm going to put my hand on your knee, and we both know that it's inappropriate. But because I'm the sort of guy who can get away with putting his hand on your knee or on your thigh or something like that, right. that was the thrill for him. Uh, and it's not clear. Like, apparently, one person accused him of rape, which I'm not saying that like uh, there needs to be many accusations of rape in order for it to be credible. Right, uh, but. Uh, to some extent, he seems like the sort of guy who got off on the thrill of the possibility of him wielding his power, and not necessarily the actual wielding of that power. Also, uh, this is a guy who built this entire thing, and then the board that uh, like just sort of gives him the boot. And like this is a f- this is a fascinating thing that could be explored further. And I hope that there's more to know about it. But this documentary he wasn't got the good boot for, that. for what reason?
2: Yeah,
0: because being inappropriate with these women, being
1: vaguely inappropriate uh, with because his whole uh, thing was don't women. do
0: that, so you can't do that and have gotcha. people find out and still no. be around.
2: Yeah, right. that's true. Also, There's, the
0: interesting thing is the what did they call it, the Joshua generation? Like these educated fundamentalists trying to take over and ruin everything. It's like. A whole plan, like get these kids educated, get them into Ivy League schools, have them slowly take over and ruin everything.
1: Right, there's th- th- this documentary touches on far more interesting conversations than it yeah, actually ends up than it actually ends up having. Right, like so, there's this kid who goes and he clerks at the Supreme Court, and they talk to him for like fucking forty seconds. Like, what do you mean? This guy yeah. made it all the way up as a he went to Harvard yeah. and he ends up clerking at the Supreme Court, and he's part of this Joshua generation that's trying to remake the country through the courts, and it's like left. I don't know.
2: <laughs> that's weird. Yeah, because like he went through all of these. You know, he's exposed to all of this other stuff, like uh, he was around other people, and he couldn't shake this uh, silly belief. He stuck to it. Right. What a team player.
1: Anyway, uh, what was that one called? It's on...
0: Shiny Happy People. Shiny Happy People. It's on
1: Amazon Prime if you're looking to check it out out there. Uh, Does not get the full-throated endorsement, though. (laughs) Anything else? Was that it?
0: No, because our kids are going to bed late now, so we're never going to get to do anything ever again.
1: It's summertime; kids can stay up late. Although I am forcing them to do uh, uh, like this this serious running program they're gonna They're gonna run a mile at seven o'clock in the morning every single day. Uh, oh, and then nice.
0: they're allowed to watch TV. It's
1: the only way they, they're not allowed to wake up and just fucking turn on the television. You're not going to have that sort of summer, you bum children. You're gonna get up. You're gonna run around the neighborhood for twenty minutes. <laughs> Abe, you uh, got anything else for us tonight? Nope. Well, I guess that's all we've got for tonight. Then we will talk to you next time. Later. I am assume that it's going to be great. It is a weird movie to be a summer blockbuster, even more so than any of his other ones. Right? So R rated and three hours about scientists creating (laughs) a bomb. Like what? And
2: you know. And you know they're going to do it. Like, there's all of the, like, oh, boy, I hope we stick the landing on this. I mean, you know how the story goes. Right, so it's
1: a character drama (laughs) about the guys who invented the nuclear bomb, and it's going to do a quarter billion dollars? (laughs) Seriously?
2: People like when things go boom in the theaters, you know, so it's going to do well. But, yeah, three hours, and they're not getting the R rating because of the bomb, right? Violence usually doesn't get you, like, at least that kind of violence doesn't so like is it just gonna be some gratuitous nudity halfway through the movie
1: yeah for years I've been asking Christopher Nolan to write one believable female character uh, and then he's gonna make a movie about all the dudes who made the atomic bomb and I'm guessing I'm not going to get my wish in this movie either While working on Inception Because of the stress of being So she She at the time Felt that She was miscast in some way And she didn't understand why she was on the movie And she was feeling uh, Like imposter syndrome or something And apparently also dysphoric About her general situation anyway Because she, whatever There's a quote Uh, From the article, it says research suggests that high levels of mental stress can increase the risk of shingles as much as two times for men. So (laughs) Hmm. they're so fully committed to this conceit that this individual is fully a man, right? right, Right. That that Ellen Page, who was born a woman, has decided that, that they are a man now. They're bolstering the case that he got shingles on the set of a movie because of right. the stress based on the scientific fact that stress has been shown to increase the risk of shingles but it in also men
0: does in women
1: by two times. does it?: Oh yeah, but that's not what they said sure, in the article. But it's still it true. says it increases the risk of shingles as much as two times for men. <laughs> Don't give me the line about how it's uh,
0: yeah. I- Whatever. High I'm
1: levels just... of mental stress increase the risk of shingles as much as two times for men. In this context, <laughs> Elliot Page is not a man, Yeah. right? right? right. In, in, uh, 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 this is where you're going to lose this fight, by the way. Right. It's on stupid shit like that. Right. Don't tell me the world isn't the way that the world actually is. I will be polite to you, but you cannot tell me that the world is not the way that it actually is. The proceeding was created with 100% human content.